So today, as we, um, it's uh, the part of our Advent series, I want to begin uh, with a game. Uh, how many of you, so in, in, our, in my family, my sister-in-law, Bethany, loves games, and she pushes games, and the rest of us hate games, or tolerate games, and so any game lovers in here? Any, any game haters in here? There we go. So with that in mind, we're going to play a game. Yeah, I know. Thank you, haters. I was, I was mentioning to a friend last night, see, the job of haters is to hate games. Their joy comes in hating games, right? It's like you, you like to hate games. It's fun. Um, but we're going to play the game. We're going to play the game Charades. And the story that I want to tell in Charades is the first time Charades was ever played, right? So we're going to play Charades. And I'm going to act out a story, and I need you to fill in the blanks for me. So I need you to yell out loud enough that I can hear you to make sure that the correct story is being told. I'll do my best to indicate when I hear it that the word, that, you know, the story is being filled in, but I need your help. I'll act it out in my terrible acting abilities, and you will voice it out. Sound good? Okay. All right. So here's the story. Thank you for the clapping. That was terrible, I know. <laughs> the first charade story ever told is that story, right? After Zechariah, a priest came out. So here's where it picks up in Luke chapter 1. <sighs> you guys did good. We had this story, and for some of you who know it, you shouted out some parts, right? So... In Luke chapter 1, it begins to tell the story of the birth of Jesus in this Advent season. We're talking about the idea of God with us in darkness. 
And in this story was this character named Zechariah, who was a priest. And this story begins like this in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. The beginning of the story, it just begins to lay out the story of who these people are. They were, man, they, they had an ancestry of ancestry among the Jewish people. Born of the priestly line and the line of the priests. This long history of knowing who God is and of service to God. And even the husband and wife alike were both had this ancestry. Not only that, the wife was an ancestor of Aharon, who was the first high priest of Israel. Of Aaron, right? She was born of this family who had descendants and generations and generations of high priests in service to God who would step in before the Lord and serve him. It told them about their ancestry. It told us about their character and said, oh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were right with God. They walked with God. They obeyed his commandments. But then it told us about their circumstances. They were barren. They had no kids. And they were old. So begin the text begins to lay out this story of who they are. This, of their story. And then all of a sudden, as Zacharias in from this special honor, he's working, he's at his job, he's in the temple. He was uh, tasked with burning the incense in the temple, something that one person did, a very special thing. He goes in there and begins to burn the incense and an angel shows up. This is Luke 1, verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. This was his first words. Don't be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. Don't be afraid. Your prayer's been heard. You're going to bear a son. Knew exactly which prayer it was. This prayer of a longing for kids. Now, Zechariah was really old. How long do you think he'd been praying that prayer? A long time. My, my, my theory, how long do you think it had been since he had prayed that prayer? Maybe even a long time as well. Where, that, where it was past, right? It was past the day of that prayer being answered. But here it was saying, here it is. I, I, hey, Zechariah, don't be afraid. God's heard your prayer. I love that first line. Your prayer's been heard. If anything, if we need to be reminded of today. I mean, we're pausing. And um, if, you're, if you're with us, we've been kind of been challenging um, ourselves, challenging the community here to pray to pray on the praying possible prayers. That's what we felt like God was inviting us to do, right? That's a dangerous thing, and so we've been talking about that, that danger, so make sure the danger, if we tell the truth, and when life sinks and it hurts, we tell the truth about that. Um, but we've been praying these impossible prayers, and meaning, you know, there's, there's no other way for something to happen unless God steps in. And so all of a sudden, here's what the angel tells Zechariah. God's hurt your prayer, He's heard it from the first time to the last time. He has heard your prayer. Be encouraged. The prayer you pray to God that you might think is weak or powerless, that you have no standing, that you, you have no power, that you have no right, that you have no hope, you have a, it's heard. It is heard. He says, oh, it's heard. You're going to have a son, 
and you're going to name him John. Do we have any Johns in the room? We've got a few Johns. We've got any Jonathans? Raise them high, Johns. Be proud of this name. Right? How beautiful. Um, Johns, what does the name John mean? Well, not John, right? But so the Hebrew name is Yochanan. What's that? Beloved. Beloved. Anybody, anybody else have a, the Hebrew of Yochanan? I mean, you can say that if you want. You know, it's, the, it's the guttural, so it's actually really fun. The Yoch, Yochanan. Jonathan is where it comes from. It means God is gracious. In the name to them of, of the name that was given to him. Here it is. Oh, Zechariah. Your prayer's been heard. You're going to have a son. Name him. God is gracious. That's his name. Now, as we said, Zechariah was born of a priestly line. His wife was of a priestly line. Um, they were righteous before God. They couldn't have kids. They were barren. Um, and they were really old. And when this word comes to him, God has heard your prayer. You're going to have a son. And you're going to name him God's gracious. Zechariah can't believe it. He's, he is blinded even though he has this great lineage. Even though he's a righteous guy. He is blinded by the heaviness of his circumstances. And he is not able to receive this good news in this world, this word that God is gracious. And so he questions and says, how can this be? Verse 18, that's what it is. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife was well along in years. So the block in this story is his circumstances. His circumstance. So how can this be? We're old. And this isn't, isn't going to come to be. Now, then Gabriel has this answer. Well, he, he says these things. So the angel steps to him because his circumstances had blinded him. He couldn't see what was being shared with him as good news. It seems a bit late. This is too difficult now. And in some ways, his circumstances had blinded him. His circumstances were like darkness that he couldn't see beyond him. You've been there. You can't see beyond your present moment. Here's the thing that I think that um, this is not an indictment, right? I mean, we're told that this guy who has this beautiful history and lineage of people passing down story beyond story of the mightiness and the goodness of God, who is actually righteous and blameless, obeying God's commands, and is struggling to believe that God's gracious and powerful to do so. So, I, I would think that the majority of us would probably find ourselves in those places of struggling to be able to receive this good word that God is gracious in the midst of really troubling circumstances, to be blinded by our circumstances. That seems to be sort of normal at some regard. But he was blinded by it. And he says, all right, well, how can this be? How can this be? And then Gabriel responds and says this. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. It's not like he's saying, how can this be? And he's like, what? You're, you're talking to an angel right now. What else do you need? But, but he says this, I'm Gabriel. Now again, his name is full of meaning. Oh, any Gabriels? Any Gabbies? Gabriel, 
Uh, we have a Gabby here. Right? So that name means God is strong. The actual name of the angel. And he's saying, how can this be? I'm so old. He says, I'm Gabriel. My whole name speaks to the power of God. My whole presence, my whole existence is in the presence of God. The one who is strong. And the one who is strong sent me to tell you this good news. That's how you will know. Well, to give you another sign, you'll be silenced for the rest of this pregnancy. And Zechariah then was silenced. How beautiful in this story of these circumstances, these two beautiful names. Now, again, if you look at the name of Jesus, too, and we look at his birth, you know it's like, man, it's, it, it's cries out Yeshua. Even Jesus' name cries out to salvation, right? So names are incredibly significant. But these names, these names of John and of Gabriel speak to who God is. God is gracious and God is mighty. He is gracious, pouring upon us what we do not deserve, what we have not earned, he pours upon, he is gracious, and he is strong. When our circumstances are blinding us, we need God to step in with who he is, to flip this script of this darkness. And this is what this story is about. As they step in, Zechariah is then silenced for this period of the pregnancy, and then all of a sudden, his wife, Elizabeth, does bear a child. She goes throughout her pregnancy, and she gives birth to a son. And on the eighth day, which is the Jewish custom, when they were going to have him circumcised, when the name was be given. And so then they asked Elizabeth, what should we name? What should we name your son? And they're thinking they're going to name him Zachariah, something after the father. And she says, no, 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 his name is John. And the family's like, no, what? what? How can that be? There's no Johns in your family. And so they, they said that they, um, they made signs and stuff to the husband. So some think not only could Zechariah not only speak, couldn't speak, we think, also think he couldn't hear. Right? That would make sense. Otherwise, you know, why would they need to make signs to him? They could just speak to him. He could hear them. How interesting is that? That not only could he not express word, but they may not have been able to hear. So the only thing that he could have was the sight and the sense of being able to see what God was doing around him. There's something about when our senses, when one sense, so one thing that we use is kind of shut off, everything else seems to get enhanced. I think it's just kind of interesting that possibly could it be God that's wanting to enhance Zachariah's ability to be able to see what God was doing. You're not going to be able to speak, you may not be able to hear, but I want you to watch every day as this sign of my grace and strength pours upon your wife's body. Every day you see this baby grow. Every day you see the signs of what was impossible continuing to happen so that you would know. That you would know that God is gracious and that God is strong. And so all of a sudden they, they sign to Zechariah, they give him a tablet and they say, what's his name? And he says, oh, his name is John. To everyone's surprise. And immediately his mouth is opened. And as his mouth is opened and he begins to speak, he begins to prophesy. He begins to speak utterance that was of God. It was, it was utterance that was of the Spirit of God. 
It was things that were coming out of his mouth that were signs for everyone. They were declaration of what was true. These are declarations that are called promises of what God is going to do. These are truths that are written down that speak to a future that is a reality that is sure. In the same way that the angel stood before Zechariah and said, I'm Gabriel, God is strong, and he's going to do this. I stand in his presence, and he sent me to tell you what's going to happen. And this is going to happen. And so Zechariah opened his mouth as a messenger and began to speak forward what was true for everyone else of us to see and to hear a message of God's grace and a message of God's strength so that when we step into our circumstances, which are a lot of times at different seasons dark or clouded, or shaded, that we can hear again of the promises that are sure. So here is a portion of that. That's, this is found in Luke chapter 1. And Zechariah's prophesying. And I love this part because he's got his son in his hand. It says he's holding him, an eight-day eight baby in his hands. And he speaks this. To you, my little son, you will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. In this word of prophecy that Zechariah speaks, he speaks of two things. So he, first he's talking about John the Baptist, and he says, here's what's, what's going to be for you, son. I'm a little child, you're going to be a prophet. You're going to go before. You're going to go before our Lord, and you're going to prepare the way. You're going to shine this light and remind people of the forgiveness of sins. But then he begins to talk about what is coming, and he says, the sunrise of all time is getting ready to break in. What a beautiful metaphor, Right? The sunrise of creation. Almost as if darkness, right, has, has poured upon all creation. And we, and we know that it had. When sin broke in, death had its cloud that just poured over everything. And even though there was good parts of all the creation, there was still this cloud, this shade of death and darkness that had not been dealt with. That there, there wasn't an answer for the destruction and the decay and the brokenness that continued to exhibit itself all through humanity. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, there will, there will finally be some answer to the darkness, to this shadow of death that will come. And this answer will be the sunrise of creation that will shine its light on us. The sunrise is coming. I, I, what a beautiful picture. Now the sunrise is Jesus. The breaking in of the one who created the whole world is going to shine forth. It's going to break on all of the darkness and have an answer for it. Bringing the hope of life. Of deliverance. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. This season that we're in right now, I mean just the other day was the darkest day of the year, the longest 
night of the year, is that how you'd say it? Right, the least amount of daylight? I think it was December the 21st. This is the darkest day that we will have. And when the sun breaks forth, shining its light, every day as that sun rises, even if it rises late or early, reminds us of what has taken place through the person of Jesus. It's a reminder of light shining into our present circumstances. The sun has broken in. The sunrise of all creation is breaking in. And then it says this in verse, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. All of this because of God's tender mercy. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. So beautiful about this that Zechariah um, is including himself into this, right? It's breaking in upon us. It's going to guide us to the path of peace. No one is excluded from the beauty of this light breaking in on people who are in darkness, who they're clouded by the shadow of death that's blocking their way. It's this beautiful imagery of Jesus who's going to come to those who sit in darkness and in death and to guide us to the path of peace. This, this imagery um, is actually almost a quote from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. And it's, one, it's the first line of Isaiah, uh, in verses 1 and 2, is exactly what um, Zechariah is quoting from as he gives us prophecy. He's saying, oh, this is taking place through the sunrise, and this sunrise is Jesus. And that uh, that Isaiah chapter 9 is a whole prophecy about Jesus saying, to, unto us a child is going to be born. And verse 6 goes into about that, telling us that for this child is born, um, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Here's, here's his names, Right? Can I read those to you again? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Those are good names. Those are like the names of Jonathan and the names of Gabriel. God is gracious. God is strong. Those are names that are to speak over present circumstances shadow moments, right, on our path as we're walking along. The sunrise has broken in and it's to give light upon those who sit in darkness so they would not sit there anymore. So then they could get on a path. They could walk. They could take some steps on this journey towards peace, towards wholeness, towards shalom. They were never meant to stay in darkness or in the shadow of death. They were meant to journey. This, this life is a journey. And we have a God who's shining his light upon us to remind us about who he is, that he guides us on this journey into life. And so these names are meant to remind us of this God who's saying, let me take you by the hand. I am the wonderful counselor. I am the mighty God, the strong one. I am the everlasting father whose tender mercy is poured upon us. I'm the prince of peace who will guide you to wholeness. This is who I am. And sometimes our present circumstances make it hard to see this God who is this, right? 
So here's, here's, my, here's my question for us this morning, church. Here's what I want to close today with. Are you struggling because of your circumstances? Is one of these hard to see? Is God wanting to speak something to you? Is he wanting to tell you in your present circumstances, no, in the same way was Zachary saying, how can this be? And he would say, oh, no, here's what I want to tell you. I'm gracious, that's how it will be. Or I'm mighty, that's how it's going to be. I'm God's strength, that's how it will be. In your present circumstances, is God wanting to speak something into you right now? Which one of these? So again, if you want to throw up that verse up there, um, Nate, if you're back there for the Isaiah text where it lists the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Oh, there we go. Those four. Which one of those does God want to whisper to you that who he is? It is who he is. It's as sure as the sun rising every day that he, in your present circumstances that are heavy, that could be, this is who he is. And so, Father, by your spirit, by your goodness, by you are the one who was walking with us so that we wouldn't sit in darkness, but you would guide us along this path towards peace. God, which one of the names of who you are do we need to know? And so, by your spirit, would you whisper one of your names to your kids? And so right now, I just want you to um, pick one that you think that your heart, your soul, your being, your spirit, that somehow it's just, there's a pulse to it that's a little bit stronger for you. Which one is it? Which one of those four is the one that God is just wanting to remind you of? With a residue would begin to linger into your life a little bit longer this morning than the residue of the shadows. As one just even pops into your head, it's, it, it, which one is it for you? Would you shout it out? <laughs> Amen. Now, for some... You're, you're not in a season where things are dark, right? Where there's not shadows. The journey doesn't seem to be blocked, right? You're, you're walking and it's like, oh, I, I actually, uh, not in that season, right? That, that's for some. Right? Not, not every moment of life is there circumstances with shadows that overpour upon us. There's seasons that are good and that seem light for moments. And in those times, I think it's so helpfully reminded of, well, just reminded of how God has broken in in these ways as a wonderful counselor, as a mighty God, as an everlasting father, as a prince of peace. In the story that's associated with us, and if that's your case, may you open your mouth and share with others about God has, how he's been that for you. If it's not a season of darkness, but big one where God has spoken into your darkness and past. I know the one that my heart continues to gravitate to. It's kind of a blend of the wonderful counselor and the everlasting father. Right, those two for me are, are it. I, I, and I love the journey one where it's like, oh God, I need you to guide me 
right? Because we, I want your, I want your leadership. If I have to call the shots, I'm in trouble. My wife's in trouble. My son's in trouble. My friends are in trouble. You're in trouble if you're here. <laughs> you're here. You're in trouble. If I have to call the shots, no, Lord, I need, I need a guide. And I need a father who says, yeah, I'm guiding you because I'm your everlasting father and I love you and I take you by the hand. Let's do this. Let's journey towards wholeness. That for me, I, I feel like that's my story of being some farm boy in Missouri, right? Having no way, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to make a decision, not knowing which way, left or right, but yeah, God's saying, hey, let me, let me guide you. Do you ever get nervous about your future and wondering how you're supposed to make it all the way? Well, you make it the same way you started. Totally depending on the wonderful counselor and the everlasting father who will journey with us all the days of our lives. The sunrise of all creation has busted in. And he has come. And every morning it's a reminder of the God who was with us, who was ready to speak much louder and stronger than our circumstances, which are loud, to tell us who he is. The sunrise of all time has broken in. He is among us. Let's pray. So, Father, we praise you. We praise you. that you are a good counselor, a wonderful counselor, that you are a mighty God, you're strong, that you are an everlasting Father and you pour your loving kindness into us. And you are the Prince of Peace who gives shalom and wholeness. This is who you are. It's as sure as the word that Gabriel spoke over Zechariah. And you are with us. And so God, in the darkness, the dark moments of our friends and family who are here, oh Lord, take us by the hand. Let your sunrise shine in upon us. Upon those, God, that we know who are hurting, our neighbors, our families, may your sunrise shine upon them and may our mouths be open to encourage them about those realities that are true. You are with us in the darkness and your sunrise is breaking forth. Go, Jesus, go, we pray. Father, may you speak your word upon your children in the same gracious way that you spoke it to Zechariah and graciously gave him time to be able to receive it and believe it, may we be able to believe what you have spoken to us today. May we be able to take hold of who you are, your identity. And in so doing, our own identity has changed because we become your children. We become the ones that you were leading. We became the benefactors of your strength. We became the, the home of your peace. So, Lord, come. 
Holy Spirit, would you breathe upon your people your word of life, your good news of Jesus Emmanuel with us. God with us. We thank you for the sunrise that has broken in. We praise you, God, that we no longer remain in this, no longer remain forever in the shadow or in night. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. May God bless you richly today. Um, also, uh, if, you're, I mean, if, you're, if you're looking to get the double points, you can come back tomorrow at 5 p.m. church for two days in a row. Come on, y'all. 5 p.m. tomorrow. It's usually a lot of fun. We hope you can make it. Go in peace. Have a great Sunday. You know what? You know what? I was. Hey, um, Rome, can we turn it down for a second? If, uh, if you would like prayer today, if you're kind of sitting in those moments.